What the fuck is this piece of shit? Looking to expand your playlist? Well, Fat Lulz Radio has got you covered. Lose your religion with Reverend Jess and Deacon Sam over on The Church Absurd. Hear nerd culture get dissected on The Fickle Fanboy with RPM. Grab a drink and some laughs with the designated drinkers. Hear some solid interviews on Unseriously Serious. Do you want to get involved? Send your rant to the League of Infuriated Nerds. Also, check out the Fat Lulz Radio Associated shows. Get your not-safe-for-work talk radio fix on The Robin Slim Show. Get some life advice from Jerry and Callan from the bottom. And hear podcasts get roasted by the P-Bros on Pee on the Pods. All these shows and more await you at Fat Lowell's Radio. Available through all your favorite podcast apps or wherever podcasts are heard. Fat Lowell's Radio. Stuff full of entertainment. You're listening to Fickle Fanboy. Brought to you by Fat Lowell's Radio. You say I'm insane? I say thank you very much! Finish him! And it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it! Now what do you think? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you with a tear in my eye! I'm gonna kick your ass! We don't ever go in against the Sicilian when death is on the line. Hey, everybody. And welcome to the Fickle Fanboy. I am your host, RPM. And as always, my number one, even if I treat him like number two sometimes, Reverend Jess. I just want to say, we're no strangers to love. You know the rules. And so do I. A full commitment's what I'm thinking of you wouldn't get this from any other guy I just want to tell you how I'm feeling gotta make you understand never gonna give you up never gonna let you down never gonna run around and deserve you never gonna make you cry never gonna say goodbye never gonna tell Oh, man. So what is up, brother? I am... I'm feeling thick today. I had a, I had a decent dinner last night. Have you ever Shit. seen Have you ever seen a video of David Hayter doing the snake voice and doing a dummy thick meme? No, I have not. And after the last, after the last few times I Googled anything you told me to Google, I, I'm okay, done well, for a little well, bit. I'll just, I'll just explain it to you, right? <laughs> so the idea of being dummy thick means that you're, like, really packing a fat ass, right? So, <laughs> so they paid David Hayter to record a dummy thick meme, and he did it as Solid Snake. Uh, Colonel, I'm trying to sneak around, but I'm dummy thick, and the clap of my ass cheeks keeps alerting the guards. You know... 
I'm a little insulted that you felt you had to explain dummy thick to me. Well, I mean, I mean, I I know. Anyone who knows me knows me. I'm a nice man. I'm just saying you're, you're, you know, it's, it might be a little past your, past your time. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you're hooked into the dank meme of today. Uh, well, I, you know, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. You're sitting here treating me. Treating me as if I'm fucking, you know, ready for my senior citizen discount. And, and, and I just, I don't know how to feel about it. I'm just saying, man. I mean, because, like, that's the thing. Like, you didn't, like, earlier on, before we started recording, you didn't even know what Man's Not Hot was. So, I mean, is uh, it, I mean, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Like, it's not unbelievable to think you wouldn't know what Dummy Thick is. Now, have I ever told you that you're my favorite person besides everyone else I've ever met? I mean, probably. I mean, uh, yeah. I'm just saying, like, a lot of people don't realize how much we talk when the mics aren't on. Well, you know, there, there's, there's that, I guess. There's that. So, I mean, you probably told me at one point, but as, you know, I mean, most of the time, especially even on this show, I just stop listening to you eventually. You know what I mean? Eventually is in, like, you know, 30 seconds in or so. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, okay. <sighs> You're impossible to underestimate. Right. Oh man, but t- today's gonna be t- today's gonna be fun, and you know, I mean, I know this is slightly off the cuff. I mean, you know, totally unplanned, and hopefully, we'll be able to make it last longer than the Star Trek animated series lasted. But you know, uh, that actually, the Star Trek itself is kind of our uh, topic of the day, uh, or better yet. Everything I've learned, I've learned from Star And here to sing the theme song for this segment is lounge singer legend Bobby Martini. Everything I have learned, I've learned from Star Trek. Isn't that absurd? You wouldn't believe me if I had told you. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been Bobby Martini. Make sure you tip your waiters. Good night. Wait, hold on. So you're saying everything you've learned, you've learned from Star Trek, or everything you've learned from Star Trek? Everything I've learned, I've learned from Star Trek. And I know I said the same thing, you know, a couple seasons ago about Simpsons, but you know, I mean, we gotta keep this shit. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. I wanted to understand, like, because, like. That's the thing. I've learned plenty of things from watching Star Trek. For example, the exact range of William Shatner I've learned from watching Star Trek, which is not very large. Does not have a large range. Yeah, that that, that didn't take you very long to, uh, you know. Not uh, at all. In fact, that is the main thing I think we can take away from this episode. So until next time, folks, you can find me at... Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not quite there yet. I mean, you know... You're wrong. We're yeah. close, but uh, okay. Well, no, I just want to no. preface this, okay? Because I am not the biggest Star Trek fan in the world. I recognize the importance of the show, and if it's on, I'll watch it. But I'm not the kind of guy that like pursues it out. Like I haven't seen anything of this new series that they put out, Discovery. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen uh, anything any of that yet. It's good. It's good. I mean, 
Don't get me wrong, I may be one of the few that actually believe that, but in my opinion, it's pretty damn good. Well, I just I, I personally I don't, can't wait until they have the Picard one. Well, I just don't have the uh, like I don't have the the time to be honest with you, you know, because it's like I'm very specific in the shows that I sit down and watch today. Yeah. Like for example, I'm I'm really into Mr. Robot. I'm really into to Preacher. And that's about it as far as shows that are currently running other than like, you know, shit like Rick and Morty and stuff. You know what I mean? But those are a different type of show. You know what I mean? But like the main issue that I have with that type of format is a lot of the episodes end up feeling like padding, basically. Okay, yeah, I see that. Like, like, okay, so like I tried like back in the day, I think this was around the time of the second season had just been released on, like, Blu-ray and DVD of Arrow. Yes. And it took me a long time to get through season one because there's 22 episodes on there, man, and each one is 40 minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, like, like, that's fine when you're watching it on a weekly basis. You know what I mean? But if you're trying to binge that shit, like, like as you would when you have the show on DVD... Uh It gets to be a chore, man. You see everything fucking just like... And and when you watch it all in one go like that, it really starts to feel like padding, you know? And see, I don't believe that I actually have had a show that I could watch, you know, week after week after week rather than just, you know, coming across one that... I'm like, you know what? This has been out for like five seasons. It's on, you know... Netflix or you know wherever the fuck I find it, yeah. And I just binge on. It. I don't, but I don't think I've seen a show or come across a show where I felt that I could follow it weeks on end for probably about a decade, if not longer. Well, like I'll give you a prime example, right? So like Supernatural. Yeah, I watched. Me and my dad watched Supernatural season one through five. Yeah, and though all those seasons are twenty two episodes apiece, right? Which yeah. is fine because we would watch it on a weekly basis. You know, we'd DVR it and then we'd watch it. But like catching up on that and watching it, like rewatching it, it's amazing how much, how old the monster of the week type of format gets. It'd be different if there was like 10 episodes per season, mm-hmm. but where there's 22 it's like it really starts to feel like they're running out of ideas pretty quickly. And because of that, it just ends up being like a chore to get through. And I don't, I don't mind sitcoms that have that many episodes because, you, you know, sitcoms without commercials, they're, you know, 20 minutes. But like yeah. 40 minutes or 45 minutes or even 50 minutes if it's a quote-unquote extended episode... That gets to be a lot, man. I, I can I can barely take HBO shows without commercials that go on for an hour an episode. But the reason that I'm able to do it is because there's only 10 to 13 episodes a season. Yeah. Sometimes more if it's like a, a fin- like a final season. Sometimes they'll add a couple more episodes to just really like put a, a, a good end to the story. Like Breaking Bad's final season is you know yeah. even though they split it up it's it's a it's a total of like 16 episodes uh-huh. but 
it was worth it after, you know, four years of some of the most invigorating television I've ever seen in my life. You know what I we mean? We should probably get... You know, it, it's... Uh, I think, you know, one of the things I've learned is that it's important to beam down and explore other topics sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I mean... Uh... There you go. I've related our, our complete digression to the actual conversation. <laughs> Good job. Good show. Thank you. You can find Slow me clap. at RedJess underscore FO Radio. Slow clap. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but one thing I've learned, because, uh, I mean, I've, I've been watching Star Trek for as long as I can fucking remember, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, you were there when it premiered, right? You, my friend, are a... I pe- mean TNG. Oh, okay, okay, yes. I thought you were talking about the original, and I was... No, I mean TNG. because okay, like, I was about to ask you how the hell you... Because, I mean, let's let's be completely honest, man. TNG is, is the superior show in the, compar- in the comparison of the two. True. There's you know what I mean? Like I'm not I'm not I'm not downplaying the original Star Trek. I think it's very important. But as far as like the way that the story structures go and like episode to episode base. Yes. I mean, granted you have some you have some, you know, iconic episodes like Arena and stuff like that, but I mean, you know, just TNG was just all around a better show. Yeah. I mean, take a uh, season 1 episode 5 where no yeah. one has gone before. The crew meets a mysterious man known only as the Traveler. I am the Traveler. And I'll ride, and I'll ride. Oh, God. Oh, God. But his purpose on the ship is to examine its engineering and increase the warp core power so that they can reach and explore farther than any other starship you know they, they can go to corners yeah. of the universe that have been yet to be discovered but unbeknownst to the crew the traveler also possesses the ability to propel shit through space and time and during the course of his experiments he actually inadvertently albeit propels the enterprise 2.7 million light years away. So isn't that just some shit? When they just look around and go, where the fuck are we? Data calculates that at maximum warp speed, it would actually take them at least 200 years, if not longer, to return to civilization. Yeah. And meanwhile, in that time, the fucking Traveler... falls ill and can't even send them back. So he ends up just being seen by most, or at least by me, as a real dick. Which, I mean, you, you kind of have that in common with him, but, uh... little bit of Iggy Pop for you. But because of all this, the first thing on my list of what I've learned from the show, I mean, because obviously I'm not going to go through everything, but uh, I mean, mean, you know, know, there's only so many, so many minutes in a day. Yeah, I've dwindled it down to 
I guess you could say my favorite lessons, if you will. Yeah. In this one moment, you really kind of begin to realize in life that sometimes, if not always, there are no shortcuts to greatness, no matter how badly you want them. Yeah, I I could agree with that, to be honest with you. I just, you know, because if you look at what they've accomplished, they're not military. You know what I mean? It's it's literally an explorer's vessel. Yeah. They are just the same as, you know, Columbus sailing for fucking the, the West Indies and ending up in America. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's the same idea. And that's one thing that I personally have learned from not just Star Trek, but just the whole the whole format of just going to strange places. You know what I mean? The importance of exploring. The importance of the quest for knowledge, I guess, would be the best way to put it. Yeah. And that that's affected me for not not just in going places, but also in just the pursuit of, you know, like, for example, in political shit, right? Uh-huh. Whenever, whenever there's a political issue, I always make sure that I stay, on, stay in the middle of, of the argument and do research and listen to both sides. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and because of, you know, it's, it's the same thing. Because, like, the Federation, they're not looking for war. They own, they don't, they're not the type of people that fire, you know, first. They're the type of people that only fire in defense. Very similar to, like, the Jedi. Let's really piss off every nerd out there and just say that, you know, Star Trek, the Federation of Star Trek is a lot like the Jedi's. So- sounds pretty accurate to me, so anyone who wants to uh, disagree with you, fuck them. What I'm saying is the Jedi, not the Sith, but the Jedi, would never instigate mm. a battle. They're very similar to, like, martial artists, right? Martial arts is yeah. not meant for offense. It's meant for okay. defense. I mean, granted, there are, people that use it, there are people that use it in the wrong way, something okay. like the Sith or what have you. But, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the Federation is that same idea. Whenever they encounter a new species, they determine if they're hostile, but they're you. only attacked when provoked. You know what I mean? And like that's 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 the whole thing. It's it's because they're just looking to gain knowledge. They're not looking to gain enemies. They're looking to gain knowledge. Yeah. And not to mention that there's the whole basis of logic yes. with Spock. Like the the importance of thinking things, thinking about things from a logical perspective and not an emotional perspective. Okay. You know, and like that's the whole Vulcan race. Yeah. So I like I just I think. There's a lot of, of, of core values that kind of get lost in the background when it comes to Star Trek. Of course, yeah. And, and like, I can only imagine, like, when it first premiered. Because, I mean, obviously I wasn't there. But I can only imagine how amazed people were from watching it. Because, like, leading up to it, there was nothing like it except for, you know, like, movies like uh, Fantastic Planet or whatever. Yeah. Or Forbidden Planet. Sorry. I I know I'm kind of like rambling here, but isn't that what we do on this show about half the time? Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, 
that amazing moment where you see the Enterprise flying through space and then they, you know, beam down to a planet and they explore that planet. It's just it, it's it had to have been fucking incredible for certain people. I would know? assume. Cuz like I, and I'm sure and I'm sure with every new Star Trek show that happens. I guarantee some young kid is watching Discovery for the first time even though I I haven't seen any of it. I guarantee there's some young kid out there who's watching it and is just yeah. being blown away. I, I would almost guarantee it. I mean, I'll be like like my whole thing is like my dad would watch it when I was growing up, but it wasn't the main thing we would watch together. As far as like sci-fi oriented shows that we would really watch together, we mainly would watch Stargate SG-1 together. I'm sorry. I, I enjoyed that show, man. <laughs> I mean, it's like, like seriously, diss it all you want, but as far as like sci-fi shows like that, there are way worse you could do. Maybe not to me, but I can't fault you if it was enjoyable to you. I mean, shit. Yeah, because like I didn't. Then, then again, I didn't. How old were you? I mean, fuck, man. I was nine, yeah, ten. That, that explains it. But yeah. But like that. But you, but like that's the thing. My dad loved it too. You know what I mean? And it was funny because it wasn't until years later that my dad discovered Firefly. Oh God, I love that show. Yeah, Firefly is great, and so is and so is Serenity. Oh yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not a perfect movie, but you know, I would. It's an. It's a solid four out of five at least. Not perfect, but I mean, there's just there's there's a there's too many things I have like, as far as issues wise. To me, a perfect film does not exist. There are some obviously that get close, but yeah, no, I mean there's there's nothing that I could look at and go, that was perfect from beginning to end. To me, perfect and normal, and eh, just words. I don't know, man. They mean absolutely nothing. I th I can think of a movie, like a few movies that are really damn close to that. Okay, but close. You know, they, uh, I would assume, they, they don't get there. They don't cross the finish line. I mean, if you say so, man. I don't know. But moving on, what else have you learned? Bigotry and racism is fucking stupid. No shit. And let's just put it out there. If you need a show to teach you that, you've got way too many problems than I want to fucking go into in the span of the show. Well, I mean, let's be let's be completely honest. Bigotry and racism are not inherent. It's not part of your DNA. It's something that's taught to you. Yeah. And if you if you have scum fuck parents that say, oh, well, don't associate with that kid because of the color of his skin or, you know, this, that, his, and the... religion or yeah, God knows what. Exactly. You know, his, his disability, whatever. Then, I mean, I think it's pretty awesome that, you know, you learn that, you can learn that from something like Star Trek. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean like, but, like, in all honesty, if your parents aren't going to teach you that judging people like that is fucking dumb... Then, yeah. Hopefully you'd learn it somewhere out of the house as well as time goes on. Uh, you know, yeah. that's depending on your life experiences. Yeah, maybe not, but at least, at least we have Star Trek to fall back on when it comes to learning this kind of shit. Because Star Trek is probably one of the best shows that one can go to when trying to find something on TV that approaches social issues of the day in 
an enjoyable way. While not being set also, in present day. Yes. But still gets the fucking point across. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one episode that comes to mind is Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. And the story revolves around the fight between two different races whose complete conflict is based entirely upon which side of their face is painted black and which side of their face is painted white. I mean, granted, it's, yes, it's obviously paint, but storyline-wise, it's the fucking color of their skin. Yeah. But, th- but that's it. That is their full argument, and that is their complete disagreement with each other. Yeah. And to Kirk and friends, it makes no fucking difference. And, you know, at times they can't fucking tell the difference. But to these I mean, that's races... A little, that's a little bit racist. Well, yeah, you know, know they okay. all look the same. <laughs> I mean, true. But, you know, I mean... But that's kind reality, of, they might as well just have, like, Kirk walking over to Sulu and just being like, Hey, uh, Sulu, is some ting wong here <laughs> you know what i mean i don't think we're gonna make it i don't know i don't know if we're gonna make it over that ridge are we saying are you i think we too low have you ever have you ever seen that that clip of the news reporter there's a there's a news clip right of uh it was like this this Asian airline went down, and some fucking guys on 4chan called this local news station and gave a fake list of names. We have new information now, also on the plane crash. KTVU has just learned the names of the four pilots who were on board the flight. They are Captain Sum Ting Wong, We Too Low. Ho Li Fook and Bang Ding Ow. Oh God! Right? Oh, God damn. Like, like it's it's one of the most classic fucking clips ever. <laughs> okay, but you know, I mean, yes. If you look at the episode, I guess you know it really had dawned on me until oh my. You pointed it out today. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that that's a bit a racist. It's talking about it's talking about the unintentional racism while trying to be an ally, right? Yeah, it's sort of sort of like what Get Out was trying to put forward, I, you know, with the whole and, oh, I would have Obama, I would have voted for Obama a third time if I could have, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like like that 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 whole thing. Except you know they can't tell the difference. Which race are you again? But just because the uh, crew can't tell the difference or whatever the fuck. Just because it doesn't matter to them, that doesn't mean that it doesn't matter to the inhabitants. And because it matters so much to them, you know, usually in Next Generation, whatever the predicament was in the episode, usually within uh, most a two-parter, it was tied up in a nice little bow and everything was hunky-fucking-dory. Until they went on to the next episode. Yeah. Well, in this case, it actually results in nuclear war and all-out destruction of an entire frickin' planet. No matter how hard Kirk 
tries to calm the situation that is absolutely nothing fucks. It's kind of a, it's kind of interesting if you think about it that way, though, because it kind of reflects uh, the conflict between Israel and Palestine. Israel and Palestine, and just about well, because there, the there's whole, several countries that you could look at. You know, the whole idea is is which side of their face is painted, right? Yeah. How is that any different than which which religion they subscribe to? It's not. Exactly. Mm. So it's kind of interesting because it has the, you know, it, it could be a metaphor for many different things. That's pretty fucking genius there, Roddenberry. Yes, it is. I mean, but Roddenberry was never short on being able to teach you any number of things. He really was. I mean, he really was. He was up there with Rod Serling, because if you look at if you look at Rod Serling's episodes of the uh, Twilight Zone, they always had a moral lesson, and like okay, even if that. even if it's like like that's the thing he it was very much Rod Serling's Twilight Zone episodes are are very much like parables, and maybe maybe uh, so, if we ever do this again, I mean because we we've already done. Uh, Everything I learned, I learned on Evergreen Terrace. So, I mean, yeah. you know, the fact that we may do and everything I ever learned, I learned from the Twilight Zone, is not completely out Well, of the I mean, yeah, if, if we do do that, that'd be awesome because, you know, I have the entire fucking series on Blu-ray, which I'll tell you what, man, you want to talk about something that never gets old? Watching old Twilight Zone episodes. Oh, there, there's several old shows that I could probably say the same about, but I, yeah, I, I can see that when it comes to. Twilight I'm just, Zone. I'm just saying, dude. Like, just sitting down. Like, there's a reason sci-fi does that every, you know, every New Year's they do the Twilight Zone marathon, because I'm willing to sit down and watch the, watch the same episodes once a year all day. I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like because of that. It just really is a testament to how great those shows are where they still hold up like that. And even though it's a product of its time, it still holds up. But like going back to what I was saying though, Rod Serling, he always had, you know, a lesson that he would sneak in there that if you're really paying attention, you can find. Yeah. And you couldn't you couldn't really find that in the other ones, you know, the other writers. Like um William Matheson, right? Yeah. He did one of my favorite ones, which is Time Enough at Last, with uh, Burgess Meredith. Yes. About the guy who uh, goes down to the vault to read, and then a fucking bomb goes off, and he finally has all the time in the world to, to read whatever book he wants, but then his glasses break. Yeah. There is no moral lesson there. It's just saying, don't forget to have a second pair of glasses. You know what I mean? <laughs> But like Rod Serling, right? Um, the one, the one episode—I forget what it's called—but the episode about the kid named Billy, and he has the—he has those powers, and like the adults are afraid of him. There's a very clear message there, and that's do not mistreat children. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's and that's that's a moral lesson right there. Like, don't be a dick to fucking kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. And. At the same time, Gene Roddenberry is able to do that even more so under the radar. I'm not saying that he's better than Rod, Ster Rod Serling because nobody's better than Rod Serling. But what I'm saying is like he kind of it's more of a stealth attack with Roddenberry. 
Yeah, okay. I mean, and actually, in my opinion, that does make him better than Sterling, just because I kind of like the fact that at least some of, if not most of the uh, lessons aren't right up in your face. And, you know, sometimes that does leave it up to interpretation, which doesn't always end great. Well, well, think about it, though. Because it's so hidden, there's potential for it to be misinterpreted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I said, it's like, it's left up to interpretation, which, again... Yeah, and, it, and because of that, like, for example, up. someone could look at that episode of, you know, the people with the different colored faces. They say, see? See what happens when the colored people get involved? Nuclear war. You know what I mean? Like... They could take that away from it because the meaning is pretty hidden. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, I mean, so that's the danger zone you, you, you enter into because there's nothing worse than when a work is completely misinterpreted because that's how John Lennon got shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Although, I mean, in a way, it would still help the rest of society with the way it is. Well, yeah, you know, population control. I was going to say, it helps us all to know who to avoid. You know who you should put on a little desert island and then bomb the fuck out of the island. I don't think you should bomb it. I think you should just, like, put a fence around it and sort of treat it like an exhibit at the zoo where people can just, like, drive by on a boat and gawk at them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, how great would it be? How funny would it be if we just put Alex Jones on an island? And, like, like every week we drop, like, a supply crate to them, very similar to what they were dropping to kids in Afghanistan during the, during the War on Terror. Uh-huh. You know, little yellow food packages and then little yellow bombs. <laughs> and then you're, you're, they're playing Survivor, the real game. <laughs> yeah, but, like... like you know, drop microbombs, cheeseburgers, and cocaine. Not even cocaine, because I, I, I don't think he uses coke, to be honest with you. I think it's just... Because, like, Alex Jones is a fucking character. It's very obvious. You know what I mean? Like, no, no one's shit. that. No one is that over the top. But, like, he's... Fucking frogs are gay! Well, he's he's so... I think he's so deep into the character, he's sort of become it. Sort of like, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen when he plays Borat. Yeah. You know, like, he literally or, beca- or, uh, became the... Jim Carrey when he played Andy Kaufman. Yeah, but, I mean, full-on, like, the, the scary type of method acting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like... I think that's what Alex Jones has gotten to at this point. So, for example, that appearance that he was on on Rogan just recently where he's talking to Bravo about, you know, keeping babies alive and stuff like that. And he's just fucking freaking out. And he's just like, you're going to fucking get it. I'm I'm fucking sick of you. You know what I mean? And he's like threatening Eddie Bravo. That's what we do. We put him on an island. We put a, a big fenced off area, like, you know, bulletproof glass around him and bulletproof glass so he can't escape, like, you know, like a big dumb gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, we do it like that, you know? I like it. I like it. You know, but, uh, you know, singling out people and, you know, bigotry and racism, just uh, wishing ill will on just about anybody, it's fucking wrong. Although exactly. I still exactly. say that we should, and you know what? That, that's the problem. That's the problem that you have with Obama. He's coming in here. Okay, I, th- let me tell you. Let me tell you. There are dozens of photos of Obama indoors all seasons with flies all over him, no windows open. Hillary repeatedly. I've heard from several people that she's demon possessed. Okay, they're saying they're having nightmares. They're scared of this woman. You know, violence against anybody is fucking wrong, and yet, in some cases, I suppose it's fucking needed. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of retarded. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I think I like I, I, Alex Jones to me is he's a he's just a dumpy shithead who looks like he's filled with soup, and he is so entertaining to watch. Uh, he, he, he's just he's mm. like like that's the thing. It's because he gets so invested in it, and it's just so funny because it's like how can you even believe the own bullshit that's coming out of your mouth? You know what I mean? It's just baffling to me. I agreed with you right up until you said entertaining to watch. <laughs> he is 100% entertaining to watch, dude. They were able to take the fucking dumb shit that he says and turn it into an indie folk song. That was incredible. You know, it's brilliant. For a list that starts with bigotry and racism was fucking wrong, this whole damn episode has already gone to a horrible place <laughs> don't worry folks we will let you know where to send hate mail to at the end of the episode reverend jess okay anyway exactly but <laughs> speaking of alex jones and the, some of the shit that he says is a nice segue in its own fucking warped way to the next thing that i learned never judge a book by its cover <laughs> Which, Elaborate, please. I'm sorry. After talking about Alex Jones, the fact that that was the next on my list is just fucking hilarious. Okay. In an episode from the original series, The Devil in the Dark, it featured the idea that things aren't always what they appear and that people shouldn't rush to judgment. One example within the episode is actually the Horta of Janice uh, I believe five or six. Shit, it's been a long time since I saw that fucking episode. But Kirk's crew helps hunt down this grotesque, <laughs> albeit grotesquely low budget, rock like and slug like creature, which I don't know how they got rock like and slug like in the same fucking thing, but uh, they, they found a way. They saw a picture of Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. But, <laughs> you know, they hunted it down. So they could destroy it after it had killed several people. But, in the end... As you do. You know, know, from time to time. But, in the end, it actually turned out that the uh, Horta is an extremely intelligent and actually fairly sensitive creature that was only driven into a murderous rage... Because some of those that were helping Kirk and his little band of merry men in order to find the creature had at least unwittingly slaughtered thousands of the creature's gung. Which I don't know how the hell you kill thousands of children of any race or or creature unwittingly, but that's their story and they were sticking to it. Uh, there's a really uncomfortable Hitler joke here, but I'm not going to make it. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, um, and I'm sure that some listening to this probably thank you. I mean, it's not like we haven't made other Hitler jokes, but you know, whatever. So, I guess, uh, you know, if anything, 
another thing that this whole damned episode taught me is that even Hitler did nothing. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but even the young, dumb, and ugly do shit for a reason, right, Rev? This is true. Yeah, I agree. No, 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 I, I, I was saying that because you're young, dumb, and ugly. Uh, but anyway, uh, all right. Well, at least you admit. At least you finally admit you're a fucking boomer. Uh, okay, listen. You're calling me young. Uh, yeah, just because I'm fucking older than you, which isn't hard to be, doesn't mean I'm a fucking boomer. The statistics speak for themselves. You can yeah. suck Fuck my. Not- you can suck my statistic. How about that? You, my friend, are a pizza burn on the roof of the world's mouth. You are a shit stain on the underpants of society. You know, take that fucking hat off and put a condom on your head, because if you're going to act like a dick, you better dress like one, too. <laughs> That's funny. You think I wear condoms. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I, from, from what I've heard from uh, uh, several several others, uh, you don't. And, and uh, I'll tell you right now. All those guys are pissed about it. Dun, 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 Everyone has AIDS. Dun, 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 dun. AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> River Gills has AIDS. Oh, fuck. Oh, my father, we, AIDS. My brother, AIDS. My uncle and my cousin and my best friend. The gays and the straights and the whites and the spades. <laughs> this show has gone to a really uncomfortable place. My grandma and my dog, Old Blue. I'm okay with that, I guess. The Pope has got it, and so do you. Come on, everybody, we got quilting to do. You know, but one of the things that all those poor bastards learned, other than, you know, that you don't wear a fucking condom, is... That's what Star don't... Trek taught me. Never wear a condom. Because when James <laughs> T. Kirk was banging all those alien girls, not once did you see a rubber wrapper on the floor. Well, uh, yeah, fair enough. But do you think uh, do you think he had a space condom? No. Did he set his phaser no. to stun. I doubt it. <laughs> set my phaser it was, to come. It was probably set to pulverize every goddamn time. Oh, what are you, Andrew Dice Clay? All of a sudden, <laughs> little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet, eating her curds away. Long came a spidey, sat down beside, he said, hey, hey what's, what's in, in the, the bowl, bowl, bitch? Oh! One of the other things I've learned from Star Trek is, don't take strange animals home. I thought you learned that from taking home Amy Schumer. <laughs> Shut up, Amy! Close your legs. But, uh... This lesson is no more obvious than the infamous Trouble with Tribbles. Uhura brings an adorable Tribble back to the ship, where it quickly reproduces thousands of offspring, nearly overrunning the whole fucking place and causing all sorts of fuckery. So, this proves that when you do come across a cute, cuddly stray, you know, that one that's uh, roaming the neighborhood, foaming at the mouth. Don't fucking take them home, because all that will do is allow them to shit all over the place, piss in your cereal, and plain old just fuck everything up in the house. Do you think that James T. Kirk ever used a Tribble as, like, a flashlight? 
I, I hope so. I mean, because he like fucked every other alien race in that show. <laughs> I would like to think that he did. I mean, I don't know. I would. <laughs> yeah, of course you would. <laughs> but, I mean, if, if you haven't learned your lesson on this one, folks, take me, for example. I mean, look what happened when I brought a stray home. He's now my fucking co-host. I got no response to that. <laughs> I win! That's, that's what we call thinking on the fly, which I learned from Star Trek because they flew all over the place. I'm trying to contribute something to this episode, that's all. Which is one of the reasons why I love just taking every opportunity to give you a little bit of shit. Because I figure, you know what? I kind of owe it to you for some of the shots, uh, especially some of the age shots that you take. But it also gives you a chance to fucking say anything you want. Yeah, there you go. But uh, on with the show. Do you think that, like, like I, like I, you know how, like, Spock's ears are pointy? Yeah. Do you think they're sharp? I wouldn't assume so. What if you like? What what if they are? What if they're like a fucking like like basically like if they're like bull's horns, right? Like like that would be that'd be cool. Yeah. You think that his ears are the only thing that's pointy? No. You think his <laughs> ball? I think his balls are like in the shape of like a trapezoid or something. <laughs> trapezoid. Oh, yeah. Man. Like his 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 scrotum is is not round. It's the shape of a trapezoid. Considering this was supposed to be about things that I learned, listen, listen. we—I I don't think that there's any walk of life that we have not yet offended. I mean, we're working, and I'm on okay it. with that. We're working on it. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll get there. If you haven't been offended by something we've said so far, we'll get to you. Don't worry. Hitler did Yeah, I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> that should do it. That that I think that that would really get because not only have we offended you know people who hate Hitler, but we've also offended people who really like Aha. <laughs> all like all like two of them, you know. Well, I mean, if that didn't do the job, this next one will, I think, because the next on the list is never, ever, 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 ever date artificial intelligence. I mean, here's it's I mean, weird. It seems to go without saying. It's weird though, because I mean, nowadays, okay, like with the thing with like real dolls, uh huh, that weird fucking dude who's always featured in documentaries when they're talking about real dolls and people who have a relationship with their real doll, like that guy right there, I don't think he has any choice but to date artificial intelligence. I mean, other I'm than, just, you know. I'm just saying, I mean, like, like the guy is, the guy is, is apparently repulsive to every woman on the planet. Like he's apparently tried to date and always failed. Right. And he has such unrealistic standards for himself. He expects like the blonde bombshell, like he expects to be fucking like Taylor Swift. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean. Like those guys yeah. who just have like unrealistic expectations. Like the kind of guys who are just like, listen, man, I know I'm fucking 350 pounds, 
but god damn it i better have a fucking 110 pound big tittied blonde woman you know what i mean like a situation like that with that guy is he doesn't have a choice really because no woman is going to want to be with him because he doesn't care about himself enough to make himself at least a little bit attractive or even have a personality that could be attractive because like that's the thing like you and i we're not lookers oh no so i mean you know unless you're talking about look her there ma Right. What the hell was he doing? Oh out? my god, they've escaped from the freak show. But yeah, but like that's, oh god, oh god, what is that? Right. So, but like that's the thing. We have personality. We have a sense of humor. We have you know great conversational skills, stuff like that. But like that's the thing. You know, someone like a fucking incel who just views women as sex objects, which is pretty ironic considering they've never had sex. They they really don't have a choice but to date someone who is programmed to actually love their shit personality and their shit looks. <laughs> you know, th- this this one in particular, though, in all fairness and in all seriousness, it really should be something that kind of goes without saying. And yeah. yet, Jordy and Riker, on separate occasions, ended up falling for a fake pair of tits that were attached to a woman whose existence was just as fake as her fucking sweater meat. Mm-hmm. And it always ended up in heartbreak. And well, the likely well, deletion of a holodeck program, which uh, all I have to say about that is, those lucky bastards, they were able to delete one of their exes. How many of us really wish we could have done that? Well, I mean, I don't have to worry about deleting. I mean, the shovel and the lime will do that job for me. I'm talking about murder. (laughs) I don't think you really have to explain that. I'm talking about disposing of an ex-girlfriend's body. Um, if you don't want to be like Reverend Jess, you know, in this world where everyone is just as fake as a holodeck program, please, try to find yourself a real person to slip your low-key big hog right into, all right? And if she breaks up with you, I think that gets the last person who wasn't offended by this episode. You know, I'm pretty sure you're right on that one. Oh, and did I mention that suicide is not a big deal? Uh, you know... If anything, it should be encouraged. There we go, that one did it. That one did it. Okay, I'm. I'm I promise. I'm I, I just, just for the listeners, these are jokes. I don't mean anything I say on this podcast, especially when I say that I enjoy being RPM's co-host. And I don't mean a damn thing I say on this podcast, even when I say I enjoy Reverend Jess's company. <laughs> I love this. We're we're talking about something wholesome, like all the nice things we've learned from Star Trek. And we're just it's become a quest to offend each other. <laughs> this is you know, the last one was everything I learned, I learned from Evergreen Terrace. This is gonna be when everything I learned from Star Trek goes horribly wrong. Oh, guess what? Did I tell you guys? RPM is a Republican. <laughs> Oh, fuck you. <laughs> it's too far. Oh, That's oh, too far. oh, you son of a bitch. He specifically, uh, okay. he told me he wanted to come to Kentucky to meet Mitch McConnell. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you know, let, let's... Uh, and shake his hand and embrace him in a warm hug. A fucking bear hug where I crush And say, Mr. Ribs. McConnell, you're my hero. <laughs> of all things that you've ever said to me on and off the show... That's that a pretty long be... list, bud. Yeah, and yet... This might be the most offensive thing that you've ever hurled at me. Do you know what do you know what RPM told me that get out is about? <laughs> he, he he said it's a great movie about how black people are Oh no, no. <laughs> yeah, you can't even me. fight that, that one. That wasn't me. What the fuck, dude? What did I ever do to you? <laughs> and once again as always, a man that proves that a sharp tongue is no indication of a keen mind. And, uh, along with me, because I just can't shake him. Say hello, fucker. The man who, the only way that he can get laid is to crawl up a chicken's ass and wait. Reverend Jess. RPM Which, financed the Sonic movie. You know, Reverend Jess once said that the reason he moved down to Kentucky is just so he could be closer to, quote, his people. And he wouldn't talk about his family. You know, yeah, I was, uh, neo, I was talking about the neo-confederates that are two fucking cities over. <laughs> That's true. Look on the Southern Poverty Law Center's website. There, there's like a hate map for like various hate groups in their headquarters and like two towns over from mine is neo-confederates i'm not even joking <laughs> that's just a true fact we we live in two extremely fucked up states and you know sadly they're not even the most fucked up states in the u.s I'm, you know, but uh yeah they're they're definitely if I was to make a top 10 list of top 10 states that need to be cornered off and fenced off from the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just point out for the record. RPM is not the monster that I, that I made him out to be. However, I will share an interesting story. One time RPM took a trip out to Africa and he found an African sweatshop and he noticed that they weren't getting paid it was literally a sweatshop but like it was like slavery it was like forced slavery so he decided that he was going to put an end to that slavery he announced it he's like i'm ending this slavery i'm adopting all these kids and then he immediately put the slavery back into effect because he wanted to see the hope die from their eyes and uh you know long story short now we have our own t-shirt store online. Available at Sell My Tees. <laughs> These fine shirts are available at the Fickle Fanboy Podcast dot dot com. And if you press them real close to your heart, you can feel the tears. Uh, actually, you don't even have to press them that close. And <laughs> the shirt, drenched. They, they come, they the, come drenched in them. Pre-drenched, yes. <laughs> They're shipped in a Ziploc bag. Yeah, no, we, we didn't try and uh, wash them before we send them. 
that's just how they are. Yeah, uh, RPM also has a collection of used Q-tips from Joseph Stalin. I asked him why he had that. He said because these this earwax contains the suffering of millions of Russian peasants, and that gets me hard. The other day, he told me, I called him, I'm like, hey, bud, what are you doing? He's just like, I just, I was watching this documentary, and I, it was about euthanasia. And I was like, why are you watching a documentary about euthanasia? That seems very depressing. And he says, well, I couldn't even finish it. And I said, why? He goes, well, I was coming so hard, my glasses fell off. <laughs> May your balls... <laughs> May your balls fester and fall off. <laughs> was that one too far? Oh, I mean, they're all too far. They're all. I mean, this whole it's... this whole section of the episode is just gonna be one continuous bleep. I mean, after the last several things that you've said, I'd call you a cunt, but you have neither the warmth nor the depth, and then I'd have to apologize to all the cunts out there. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you gotta admit though that that one was pretty good. You're living proof that man can live without a brain. No, I think it's, I'm living proof that man can live without a conscious. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you know, and, and I know that we've veered way out of even the realm of the fucking road that we were on, but you'll have to forgive us. I mean, sometimes Reverend Jess gets lost in thought. I mean, it's unfamiliar territory for him. It's like the Forbidden Forest in the first Harry Potter movie. You know, there's a lot of shit. There's centaurs in there, Hagrid's brothers in there. There's a unicorn that's being drained of its blood by Voldemort. It's it's dark stuff in here. You know, I was actually surprised that you uh, went and moved to Kentucky. I mean, I didn't think that you'd want to be that close to nature after what it did to you. You know, sometimes you got to confront your demons. It's exposure therapy is what it is. Yeah, I, uh, well, I don't know about demons. I, I was talking about the time that you got raped by the bear, but, you know, whatever. I mean, in all honesty, Gary's great. He really is. He's a really nice guy. So, oh, wait, you were talking about, about like, the animal bear. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, that, yeah. One wa- that one wasn't nearly as fun. <laughs> no, no. You couldn't... <laughs> you couldn't sit down for, like, at least two or three weeks. I mean, it was it was unfortunate. Well, I mean, he kept me in a bear hug the whole time, so I couldn't sit down if I tried. Thank God we're not on a network. We would have been, we would have been fined out the ass. Like if we were on like NBC or something, you know what I mean? Ha! <laughs> uh, but the next one on the list is embrace everything about who you are. Something uh, that uh, oh Jess my. does to an extreme. Uh, you know, but. In, I believe it's called The Enemy Within. A transporter actually malfunctions and completely fucks everything up and splits Kirk in two. One version of himself being almost sickeningly good and the other one deliciously has a goatee. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, but in the context of the episode he's supposed to be evil yeah yeah uh but while it's clear that the evil kirk is full 
of unrestrained aggression, desire, and many other supposedly negative emotions, it also becomes obvious that without these things within him, the so-called good Kirk is just a weak pansy-ass bastard who is completely indecisive and simply unable to function as a human being, let alone a commander of a starship. So in the end, the only way to fix anything is by reuniting the two halves to make Kirk whole again, so that he can embrace who he is on both sides of the coin, so to speak. And thus we see the duality of man. Anyone who looks at your face can see the duality of man, as well as its fault. The next thing on the list uh, of the countless, unmistakable, and invaluable things that I learned from the show is there is no such thing as a no-win scenario. Yeah, because, the Kobayashi Maru is bullshit. Because if there was... The Borg, who can almost immediately and simultaneously throughout the whole race learn and adapt and conquer, would have won the damned war long ago. I mean, let's just be fucking, let's just put that out there. It is the struggle itself that is most important in life, not so much the destination. Those of you who haven't seen the next generation, which anyone who's listening to the show, I assume that you probably at least have dabbled in it at some point in your life. Uh, anyway, Data. He, he's constantly striving throughout the show and the movies to be more human and, and find out what it is to be human. He's also played very brilliantly by Brent Spiner. Absolutely. But you know, hey, they should take the old uh, theme song for that board game Crossfire, mm -hmm. and just make it about Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner, you've been caught up in the Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner. <laughs> but you know, in the show, Brent Spiner as uh, Data struggles to understand human behavior and emotions. Yeah. And he has that he has a very different dynamic than you had with Spock and Kirk because Spock it w was at least part human, you know what I mean? Yes. But, so. and, and he does successfully find ways to increase his own humanity from time to time, although yeah, and that, there are times and that even, where it completely that, fucks him over. Well, I mean it, it even carries over into the reboots, you know, like where he has problems expressing his emotions and we get the Kirk! I was talking about Brent, but, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it, that doesn't, you know, I guess, uh, you're right. Seriously? Fuck. God damn it, the record's skipping again. Oh, Well, never mind. 
<laughs> I was pretty proud of that Son one. Of a bitch. No. Do you no, like that no. though? I think I did good on that sound bite. I did too. I literally, I literally went from the slow record player back up all the way through the range. That's the best work I've done on this podcast. <laughs> what you're saying, some. Although you know, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. Uh, you know, pretty proud of you for that one. Uh, you know, which makes a, a first. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> You know, he never quite, and when I say he, I'm going back talking about Data, but he never quite makes it, and and never quite becomes, as we've said, a real boy. Many like to think that he eventually realizes that it was the pursuit of the goal that mattered more than achieving it. It doesn't matter where you end up, it's all about the journey. You know, I mean, some people think that, but... What the fuck do they really know, anyway, for sure? Yeah. Fucking losers. Yeah, you know, and most of them probably listen to the show, but, uh... Yeah, you yeah, fucking losers. Fuck, you know. Let's see here, but, yeah, okay. Ugh. A couple of that I don't really have a uh, an episode in mind to kind of prove my point, but, I mean, these are some of the uh, other things that I learned. Uh, you know, to always keep your mind open to new possibilities. Agreed. Because, I mean, whether it be Kirk, Picard, Cisco, Janeway, they all run in to the unknown time and time and time again. And yeah, sometimes they kind of, you know, go in there high and mighty thinking they know what the fuck to do. But sometimes it's not until they open their mind that they really see what the best course of action is. You know, which also goes into uh, the fact that you have to reserve judgment until you have all the facts. One example of this that actually just came to me is the fact that the Q put basically the whole fucking human race on trial. But it's a a trial that goes on for years. Of course. And so I mean, we have a lot to atone for, to be honest with you. And even even when we're led to believe that the trial comes to an end, which I mean they do kind of leave whether it's the end of the trial open to interpretation, but I've always assumed that it uh did end at that point. But even then, he had to have all those years to really get most of the facts, let alone all of them. But, let's see here. Uh, even the best captain needs an awesome number one he or she can count on. Just look at this fucking show. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. And don't think that I'm saying anything nice about you, otherwise I'll never fucking do it again. But, uh, just look at the show. If I didn't have an awesome number one when this show completely takes a number two, or three for that matter, any of you who have listened to more than a handful of episodes and keep coming back to the show wouldn't do so. So, I mean, you know, there's something to be said for that. Anything to add to that one? I know I'm the shit. Eh, shut your (laughs) hole. No, in all honesty, though, I, I get what you're saying. <clears throat> yes. Because yes. the dynamic, and that's 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 true with any show, really, is you need a dynamic to work off. Because, I mean, you did this solo 
for a very long time. At the same time, though, they may not realize this, but, you know, RPM and I are always talking about various ideas, what we should talk about for certain segments or what have you. He could still bounce ideas off of me just as a friend of like, if you were, you know, you listen to my show, would you want to hear something like this? But it's different when I'm involved with the show. Take yesterday, for example. It wasn't until I ran some ideas past you that I truly came across some ideas that I was really kind of behind and all of a sudden I had sent you a list of basically every fucking thing that uh, I want to do for the whole rest of the season yeah which I mean I'm but, not I'm but, not entirely 100% on the um, the gangbang special but you know I mean we'll try it But we need a fluffer for that yeah <clears throat> no, don't worry I'll, I'll call Sam uh, but anyway can we bring Sam in on this show as just an intern <laughs> We should at some point. We should. Sam the intern. But, you know, the the point remains the same. If I didn't have that dynamic shit, this whole show would have gone to pot long, long, long ago. And, I mean, you know, some people might argue that it has. But this show would have gotten to the point where I would have fucking quit. I would have just said, I'm done. And, uh... Because of you and, you know, people like you, I have yet to have to do that. And so it is appreciated. I'm just glad that you do the bare minimum. Fucking numbskull. He said to the guy that designed every t-shirt on that store. Uh, well, I mean, you know, there, there is that. Fine, point taken, you jerk. But to finish this off. One thing that you can learn while watching the show, and I know this is pretty obvious on the fucking face of it, but is to boldly go where no one has gone before. And this may just sound like the famous tagline, and, you know, some could say that it's one of the most famous taglines ever. But it's also basically a giant fucking metaphor for how humanity, in general, approaches the unknown because for everything there is a first time thus most of us usually approach just about every damn thing in our in our lives with fear you know fear of the unknown fear of you know just just fear you fucking pansies but we we can do that or we can fucking embrace life and enjoy the wonder of discovery. And sometimes, as, as I alluded to with the whole data thing, sometimes the journey is just as thrilling and fun as the fucking destination. So, you know, I mean, if I had to really you know, sum that up, blaze new trails, don't get stuck in the same old shit, just new day way of life. And don't be afraid to take some damn chances, some risks. Like the time Reverend Jess took his junk out right in the middle of that kitty fair. You're not allowed I, back there, are you? No, no. Um Yeah, that was a that was a strange time. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Uh, okay, but to just put a nice little bow on it all. In all things, just fucking make it so. Don't overthink things. Don't sweat the small shit. It's all small shit. Don't overanalyze and just make it fucking so. Also, the needs of the many outweighed the needs of the few, or the one, which was news to me and totally contradictory to how I fucking lived my life uh, for so many, many, many years. But, uh, you know, there is no more apparent moment to try and hit this home than when Spock sacrifices his time and himself to try and save the ship in Wrath of the In a moment that taught me, also, to cherish the value of a great friend that you can always count on just as much as they can count on you. You're just trying to make this whole episode just like a big ego boost towards me. I just figure, you know, I give enough shit to you that, you know, I, I just don't want you to take any. I mean, I never want you to take anything personal. But, yeah, so uh, I guess actually, you know what? Now that I look at it, that is the end of the list. If there's anything that you've learned from the show, leave it in the comments. Find me at, at the Fickle Fanboy RPM at the Fickle Fanboy Podcast on Instagram or on the Fickle Fanboy Facebook page. Find me at RebJess underscore FL Radio on Twitter. You can find my personal show, The Church Absurd, with Reverend Jess and Deacon Sam on all your favorite podcast platforms. If you like edgy content, you can find the official network page at Fat Lulz Radio on all your favorite social media websites. Uh, and we are at Twitter at Fat Lulz Radio. And uh, be sure to check out all the other associated shows. My show, our movie podcast, Acclaim and Shame, the Designated Drinkers, the Unseriously Series podcast, and our associated shows, Robin Slim, From the Bottom, and P on the Pods. All great shows. Yeah, and also be sure to check out the official Fickle Fanboy merch store at ficklefanboy.sellmytees.com. Yes, and, and don't worry, the only person that slaves away when doing anything for that fucking store is Reverend Jess. So, I mean, you know, who cares? That's very cares? true. I mean, it, it, it's, let's face it, it's much better than if it was a bunch of uh, third world country children. I mean, you know, and so I got that going for me. But, for now, folks, remember. This has been a Fat Lowell's Radio production. To hear more shows like this, go to soundcloud.com slash Radio. And as always... We'll, we'll be, be seeing, seeing you. Yeah. Live long and prosper.